welcome, welcome back to the healing space. This is a very special, not really special, but just so much happened last week. We wanted to do an additional episode of Culture of Pop this week because Tuesday's episode was dedicated to the 10th anniversary of Storytellers. Look at me just talking. I am Brandon Harris-Williams. And so again, a welcome back. Uh, like I said, Tuesday's episode of The Healing Space was the 10th anniversary of Storytellers. And so it was a decade of stories, which, you know, primarily just focused on celebrating that event um, of Ravens and the people that were involved in that. So listen to it if you haven't already. Um, so you can, or if you haven't already, and then you can, you know, reminisce on the event if you, you know, used to go to Storytellers. Or you can just learn more about it like I did when I listened. Um, so because Tuesday was all about storytellers and Raven, you know, culture pop is all me today. So <laughs> you guys just get ready, relax, enjoy, cause, uh, the topics are abundant and plentiful. So please kick up your feet, get comfortable. It's going to be a lot going on today. Um, because so much happened this past week, I just don't know if I should call it like culture pop, the nigga edition. This should be like maybe the culture of niggas might be what we call this one. Because they were just showing up and they were showing out all week long. Um, but before we get into those uh, topics for the culture of pop, I do want to just briefly discuss my past weekend or this past weekend of mine. Because it kind of fit. <laughs> um, so I think it was either Friday night or Saturday night. Somebody hit me up on some like, hello, Barbara, this is Shirley type stuff. Like, and I was completely, completely thrown off. They text me like, hey, have you been texting my person or whatever? My man. And I was like, um, I don't know who your man is. And so they were like, well, I know you've been texting him. So you should stop texting him. And I was asking, you know, well, who is this person that you claim I'm texting? Um, do you how, how can I stop texting them if you won't tell me who they are? And so basically they would not tell me who the person was. So I was like, well, I can't stop if you don't tell me. So I guess I might text him. I might not. I don't know who you're talking about. And so they got in their feelings, then they stopped texting me. So, so far, I haven't been jumped, but we'll see what happens. You know, if <laughs> we'll, we'll see if somebody runs up on me, I'll be sure to keep the misfits uh, up to date with that. It was just funny to me because I was like, I'm dealing with nigga shit in my own life. And the niggas were cutting up um, all this past week. So I just want to jump right in because it's so much. And I don't want to keep you all too long, even though I told you all to get comfortable. Um, This past week. Um, the Bobby Brown story came on BET. It was two parts. It was Tuesday and, uh, Wednesday. And so it was a companion piece, a sequel, whatever, to the new edition story that aired last year on BET. Um, the new edition story was really, really good. I really enjoyed it. I was surprised at how good it was. I didn't, um, maybe I don't know if I didn't think there was enough story there about their lives. I didn't think it would be maybe that entertaining or whatever, but they did a really, really good job. And so, um, of course, with the Bob Brown story, I felt like they waited entirely too long to try to make it. But I do get why they would make one as he has the most story to tell out of all of the out of all of the um, the group members. So I at least was looking forward to that. And I do love Bobby Brown. So I wanted to see it. But the closer it got, the more I was kind of like, maybe I'm just watching to watch to support. But I'm not really super invested anymore just because I felt like it was such a long time between the new edition story i wondered if the at least for me if the excitement was still there so i watched it um it was it was uh it looked just like the new edition story so i guess you know the production was similar they used the same cast i do believe it was the same you know creative team um 
behind the scenes. So all of that was was good and the same. The acting, um, I enjoyed it. It just felt very, very choppy and kind of all over the place. It would jump from from like, quote unquote, important moments. It didn't fully tell a story to me. It was like, so we're going to tell this important moment of Bobby's life. Then we're going to jump around to here and then jump to there. And I get that part of it was they were trying to fill in the holes from the new edition story. So you couldn't quite, you don't want to be repetitive, especially if the, it's the same actors and everything and the stories go together anyway. But it didn't do enough job to me of maybe explaining who he was or explaining certain decisions or why certain things happened. Um, I understand Bobby trying to tell his story because for the longest time he got so much slack or flack, so much just hatred or, you know what I'm saying, people attacking him or whatever for quote unquote ruining Whitney Houston. Now, of course, in 2018, we know that that's not the case. They were just toxic for each other to each other because they were codependent and both you know, with damaged people getting together, it was it was destined to go left, of course. But he seems to be trying to just maybe right his wrongs. I know there was a lot of critique online saying, you know, he's trashing Whitney. She's not here to defend herself. Why would he do this? And I didn't quite take it as him trashing her, just trying to really paint himself in a better light. And I think it's because of how how bad he's had it, at least in the media, um, at least in regards to her for so long. But a part of it, too, felt like he's not really fully ready to be truthful or to be honest about his story because it's certain things that he tried to gloss over, certain things that he tried to try to make seem as if they were maybe smaller than they were or if they weren't as important. But you can't really tell your story without being 100 percent honest and authentic and try to get people to understand or people to like or people to have sympathy for you, especially at least. When you're a polarizing figure already, people kind of already have their minds made up. I don't think that this helped. Um, at least maybe change some people's minds or whatever. Um, let me see. I do feel like, yeah, because it jumped all around, there were a lot of holes in the story. But I think part of that is because he wasn't trying to be honest. And again, that's a big issue with biopics in general. People, especially when the person is alive and involved in telling their story, they don't want to fully be of course, stuff is always dramatized, but they don't ever want to fully be real or they don't want to paint themselves in a negative light because they're just trying to focus on the good things or whatever or the things that were done to them. But we all have been guilty of doing bad things um, to ourselves, to others. And if you want to tell your story, you kind of have to tell the whole story or at least only or I don't know, or maybe don't tell the negative parts, but you can't gloss over maybe years of your life where you were very negative if that makes any sense so if he just wanted to tell a maybe a good story he should have started after him and Whitney's divorce when he was maybe getting his life together and um getting uh married to or dating involved with whatever his current wife um yeah so um also with Bobby's story too it um let me see how to say this um his story it's while it's entertaining his story is not unique to him and what i mean by that is that he was a um you know a black person from the ghetto who you know is talented or whatever joins a group gets solo success whatever fame and all of that but then they have to take care of their family or they're doing you know these things for other people and he he doesn't have necessarily tools or he's not together enough himself to either sustain that that career that longevity to sustain himself or to get into a better place like he gets to a better place really quick financially but he's not 
properly equipped or prepared to deal with the success, the fame, all of the access, all to good things and bad things, you know what I'm saying, to properly deal with them. And so in that regards, his story isn't unique because it's really the the story of anybody who's had an unsung episode, sadly. So it I feel like the story did not the movie did not do a good enough job of explaining what makes his story different from everybody else's. His story is unique only because it involves Whitney Houston, like everybody else who, you know, gets money really quickly and, you know, it's hot and then it goes away. They don't they're not paired with a really successful or talented other singer, song, um, singer, rapper, artist, whatever. So that part is what makes this story different. But I don't know if they highlighted it enough. I don't know. It just felt very unfinished. Very. We're not. We're not. Something's off for me. Um, but yeah, no, I think that, you know, again, his story wasn't unique to him. And a lot of people tr- still try to blame him or say, you know, what I'm saying he did this, that and the third to Whitney. But. Her life would have gone, it would it would have been bad regardless whether she got married to him or somebody else because of her background. But I'm also tired of discussing um, Whitney's shortcomings, failings, whatever, because mainly because she's not here, but too because it's been so much in the years that she's gone. We've had, this is what, maybe the third movie. There's been um, the Lifetime movie. There have been two documentaries. There was this movie. There was the movie about Bobby Christina. It's kind of like enough is enough. I don't know whatever, what else they can like share, disclose that we need to know. Well, I don't, we really don't need to know any of it, but that we, that they can share at this point that we don't already know. So I think it'd be nice if we can finally give everything a rest. He has told his story, Bobby Brown, that is. And so hopefully that this is the end of that. Um, speaking of BT though, uh, this past week, or especially this past weekend, uh, Black Girls Rock came on. Sadly, I missed it because I had to work. I just saw um, clips. I did really, really enjoy the Aretha Franklin tribute. It was um, it was Fantasia, Jasmine Sullivan, Lettucey, Stephanie Mills, Yolanda Adams, and Cynthia, Cynthia Erivo. And they all did a really, really good job. I think it's probably the best Aretha Franklin tribute that we will get on television. I don't know. I mean, of course, since she recently passed, we don't know what other shows will do. And I'm sure there'll probably be something big at all the award shows as they come up because they normally do, you know, in memoriam of people who've gone since the last award show for the past year. But I think it was a really, really, um, it was good. It was a, it, it, it just fit. Um, it, they were, they all, bleh. the songs they all sang were very, it fit their voices. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't, people weren't up there struggling. I don't know. I just really, really enjoyed it. And I was really, really surprised by Jasmine Sullivan because she, she kind of displayed a range I hadn't seen from her before. Like I know she can really sing. But I wasn't expecting her to be able to sing that song that way. And she did a really good job. Um, also, a quick thing to point out, too, from the Black Girls Rock is uh, Lena Waithe. She was honored with the Shot Caller Award. And um, I know Lena Waithe, you know, does a lot of good things. She's the she won the Emmy for the episode of Master of None. She also is over the shy. She's a lot of other different things in development. Um, I think I was just maybe a bit surprised that she's able to be awarded not maybe not able to be, but that she was awarded given that she is an openly gay um, black woman. I think that's really good. And I don't know if that's showing progress or if that's just because I'm saying it's a celebration of all black women there. I did enjoy that. And even in her acceptance speech, she said, you know, black girls do rock too. I think that's really good because black girls 
or women in general, though, do need to see that. They need to see that they can make it. need to see that they can be affirmed in these spaces. They need to see that they don't have to hide, you know what I'm saying, themselves and not fully be their authentic selves to get into these these spaces or to open these, have these doors open for them or whatever. And I do really appreciate, too, a lot of the creatives now, it seems like they really are about, you know what I'm saying, supporting, encouraging, pulling back, bringing up with them. Um, and be it, you know what I'm saying, their peers who have been trying to, you know, do things for the longest, but also people under them who they want to help and usher in and so i think that's a really um a good thing too and so i really really enjoyed that um yeah so there's that i'm horrible with segues so y'all just pray my strength <laughs> uh this past week also um les uh les Moonves, um it was revealed officially came out confirmed whatever that he um was a part of the blackballing of the blacklisting of janet jackson after the super bowl incident um, you know, Nipplegate, whatever. And so a lot of people, you know, they were like, well, we already knew that. Um, of course, there were people behind it, misogyny and racism and everything else. So it's not surprising. Um, I guess it was just maybe good, though, for some that it was at least confirmed that he was the person behind it. Because apparently he was upset, um, of course, that our breast was revealed. And, you know, there was a whole bunch of like legal stuff and fines had to be paid. But he... He really just wanted an apology or needed an apology, felt he was owed an apology from both Justin and Janet. Apparently he got it from Justin Timberlake. So Justin was able to perform at the Grammys, which was like that next week. But Janet never did. Um, So he felt like she should have paid for that because he was owed this huge apology, whatever, whatever. Um, And so it, it's just, I guess, interesting or ironic not ironic now, but um, because now he's in trouble because of sexual harassment allegations have come up. And so he's out of a job, basically. And so it's it's just like I, it, the, all the wrong that you do, eventually it comes back to get you and not connect, necessarily connecting the two, but connecting the two, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Um, him trying to to go so hard to stop women, to block women is very much so in line with him. You know, what I'm saying being um, abusive or him him uh, overstepping his bounds when it comes to his his behavior and abuse of that not just with stopping them their career but also with trying to stop them sexually i mean and sexually harassing them so that definitely um sucks but i i guess it at least is good though that this does come out this story is out now um because maybe um i guess it's one thing for janet to know that herself to know you know what I'm saying he was responsible even if she does know or knew all these years but maybe publicly um revealed i guess i wonder if that brings about a special kind of vindication i wonder if you feel like okay now everybody else knows you say what you did and granted you didn't i mean he definitely put a a a dent or kind of like stopped slowed her career down but thankfully she was a big enough artist before and especially this past year or 2018 specifically she seems to really be getting her flowers and really being celebrated so he might have maybe slowed things down, but he didn't completely stop things. And so that's always good. Um, yeah. So also this past week, um, or this might have been last week where the story initially broke. Uh, Jeffrey Owens, who played Elvin on The Cosby Show. Um, there was a picture taken of him where he um, apparently he was working at Trader Joe's. And I think, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe New York, New Jersey. I'm not certain. So he was working there at the store and um Someone came and they took a picture of him and they sent it to the Daily Mail. This went around. It was viral. It was like, oh, Elvin's working at a grocery store now. Blah, 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 on and on and on. 
And so even though it sucks that he had to be this person felt this not even a fan, but this person felt the need to take a picture of him and then send it to a tabloid and, you know, what I'm saying make it a viral moment, even though that part sucks. I'm glad the conversation that it started was about actors and how actors have to continue to work, how there is a small percentage of actors who actually are very, very successful, like millionaires and stuff how sometimes you have to continue to work, work, do a quote unquote regular job or a nine to five or even a part time job, whatever. While you are, you could currently be on TV or in between jobs or whatever, whatever, because jobs do dry up. Checks do dry up. You know, we know that this business, we know that the business of Hollywood is very much so fickle. It's very much so um, hot. Who's in the moment now? It's not a hard work, hard work ethic, sadly. It, it takes you places, but it doesn't maybe necessarily sustain you because it's very much so, you know what I'm saying, just all about this look or it's all about these connections. And so it's good that a lot of people, a lot of other celebrities, as actors especially, you know, came forward and they said, you know, between jobs, I was sweeping floors or I was busting tables. I had to work at a record store or I had to do X, Y, Z because we all have bills at the end of the day. And just because they're not in the spotlight doesn't mean that their bills stop or doesn't mean that they might have had enough money saved up or even that they were making enough while they were on TV or whatever or in movies. They might have been making enough then to like put away to save. We don't know because not everybody makes the same amount while they're working. It also, too, though, goes to show um, or not goes to show, but it's just another effect of the Bill Cosby scandal and all of that. Because I remember when the reruns were first taken off, I was thinking more so about like particular actors who played the kids who might not have been might have been maybe depending more so on those residuals or like, you know what I'm saying? Like um, Vanessa or uh, Sandra or Rudy or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like the kids themselves who might've been maybe needing the residuals. I never even thought of the fact of like Elvin, who was a supporting character in the later seasons or even, you know, how they might've been affected. So it definitely sucks. And it's back to like how men in power, they do one thing and then they lose out on jobs or they do, something negative but then it affects everyone around them um but with jeffrey owens though thankfully though he um Nicki minaj was said she's gonna give him twenty five thousand dollars, and then he also got an offer from tyler perry for 10 episodes to be on the have and the have nots so even though this um fan of this woman initially was trying to i guess quote unquote embarrass him she says she wasn't but i don't know what how, how else you saw this going um, at least it turned around so where he's able to be working again or he's able to have a, a quote unquote come up or to be you know, say part of the conversation again. And hopefully that 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 job or that role gets some other things because he is still, um, to my knowledge, like acting and auditioning and doing things. It just is in between. He needs a nine to five. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with having to do that. It's very interesting how we try to job shame. And I love how he was giving interviews and he said that, you know, um, all jobs are important or they're all of equal value because if they weren't important, then they wouldn't, the job wouldn't be there in the first place. It wouldn't exist. And so that's absolutely a very, very good, um, I guess a very good attitude to have and a good mentality, mentality. But also, like I said, we all have bills. So you got, sometimes you have to put away the pride and I'm not saying him in particular, but I can only imagine though, from going to being on television to being in movies, how it might feel at least initially to where you have to go work a quote unquote nine to five or go work, especially in a public public place where there are a lot of um, consumers in and out, like like a, a grocery store or a record store. You know, it's one thing to go be in an office building somewhere where only your your coworkers might see you. 
but to be there where you're working with, you know, coworkers, but then also um, people are in and out. I can just only imagine. But it's good, though, that this is turned around for the best for him. Um, also, I guess going along or on, in line with TV or whatever, um, the Creative Arts Emmys were this past weekend. And uh, black folks were racking up all the awards. Uh, it looks like um, the guest actors category was like all... It was all black, basically. Um, Tiffany Haddish won for SNL. Ron Cephas Jones won for This Is Us. Um, Cat Williams won for Atlanta. And I feel a little bad because I've only seen This Is Us out of these shows. I saw clips of Tiffany Haddish on SNL, but I haven't seen the full episode. I probably won't see it, but that's okay. And then Samir Wiley won for Handmaid's Tale. I was confused about Samir Wiley winning because I was under the impression that she was a series regular. But I was talking to Raven about it, and he was like, well, maybe she was just... Um, put on there as a guest star so she could win the award. And I was like, I don't necessarily like that, but I guess because I'm not the biggest award person, I'm just like, just do, not just do the work, but I don't think, and granted, because I'm not in the business, so maybe that's why, but I don't understand the thinking of that we're going to cast or credit you so you can win or market you so you can win. But I know that that makes the show look better. It makes the actor look better. So from a business standpoint, I guess I understand. My mind just doesn't work that way. Maybe when I get in the business more, it'll work. We'll see. Um, but then also uh, Kenan Thompson he won and I originally thought it was for um, acting but I had to go back go and look it was for outstanding music and lyrics um, for the episode with Chance the Rapper the song Comeback Barack so I think he's up for the Emmys that are coming up this upcoming weekend for acting but this was a more behind the scenes role and so at least it's good too that uh, Kenan Thompson it was his first Emmy because he's been acting and doing things for like forever a long ass time i feel like at least maybe like 20 years i don't know but he it's good that he you know finally getting the recognition it goes back to again show you know overnight success it takes a long time and i'm not saying that this is i mean you never know how someone's trajectory after they win an award but at least it's good to finally be recognized for the work that you are doing um when you've been doing the work for so long and then also two very very uh big and important was uh, John Legend. He's officially an EGOT. So he has an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. Um, he's the 15th person, or well, yeah, the 15th person to become one. He won for his work on Jesus Christ Superstar. And um, I was talking to my best friend, Janae, and she uh, was surprised, I guess, that, that he was the first black man to get one. And I wasn't as surprised because I know that people who have EGOTs aren't, it's not that many anyway it's only again he was the 15th person and that same night the 13th the 14th and the 15th person were also awarded so in my mind it wasn't super surprising that he was the 15th or that he was the first black man to get one because i know not many people have the award anyway so um but also too i think because until fairly recently like the lines for television and and film were, were pretty distinctly drawn it's only with the with the growth of streaming and stuff that so many movie stars have gone to do tv and so i know at least for actors maybe now it'll be easier for them to become egots but before now i guess it was a little bit harder because everything was so clear between stage and music and tv and film and i guess as time goes on more people are able to do more and more things because i do think there's a list of like maybe 40 or 50 people who are like one award away from having one and it could be either an emmy a grammy an oscar or a tony so we'll see maybe in this upcoming year, award season, who wins what and how um, that goes. 
Okay, so um, just really quick, a couple more things before we get to the, I guess, the big stuff that everybody really wants to hear about. Um, Jordan Peele, it appears he's uh, in talks to remake um, the 1992 horror film Candyman. Um, I haven't seen Candyman because I don't normally do horror films. Um, I might watch the remake. I don't know. I'm a bit scary. So I want to support, you know, Jordan. And I do love that he's um, making horror films and putting black people in these these spaces and these roles that we normally don't see um, ourselves in. So I absolutely applaud and I love him for doing that. But I just don't know myself if I can watch it because I'm just scary as hell. Like I watch a scary movie and I have to leave my lights on for like two weeks um, after just seeing one thing. Like I saw the trailer for the new Halloween and then I've been like looking around my shoulder at home for like the past two days. So I don't quite know if I can handle a whole movie, but we'll see. Um, okay, so... Uh, this past uh, weekend, there was a talk of a fight, and I want to read um, <laughs> read the tweet that kind of read the tweet that quote unquote started this, and so we'll and I'll discuss it after that. So the tweet said, um, from what I can tell from my timeline, Mary J. Blige and Faith Evans started fighting at Puff's white party in the Hamptons tonight. <laughs> And so um, this was, I think, maybe Friday night. It was the 7th. Um, yeah, that's Friday night. And if the 7th um, online, there was a lot of other craziness going on that night. But this tweet um, started this person. They were, I don't know if I can say their name, but I guess it doesn't matter. But whatever, I won't say it. So they were trying to prove a point that things on Twitter are spread kind of like a cafeteria, a high school cafeteria. There's little to no proof. It doesn't take much. You know what I'm saying? Backing or much. You don't need to know. You just hear the rumor and then you kind of go and you spread with it. So it became this whole thing of, you know, where's the footage of the Faith Evans and Mary J. Blige's fight? Like, what really happened? What's going on? Like, who who did it? Who started what? I knew that they hadn't been getting along for 20 years. And this is why, the, you know, the song, um, uh, what is the song they remade that's on Faith's album? But Mary J. Blige's lyric, I mean, voice isn't on there anymore. You know the song I'm talking about? Love Don't Live Here Anymore? Is that the song? But yes, and so it's just all this talk of, you know, man, I knew it and blah, 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 blah. And so it it was a bit entertaining, at least at first, because I knew that it was a, a joke and it was to kind of prove a point that people on Twitter just take things and they run with it. But it also kind of had a bad side because people did run with it. They really did believe that it was happening. They really were looking for the proof. They really were, you know, trying to trying to figure out, you know, what happened, why it happened, who had the footage. And there were all these, you know, jokes like, well, you know, if it was at an, uh, all these adults were there, they don't know how to work their phones properly. So that's why there's no footage, you know, different things like that. Um, I think it is interesting, at least to the person's credit, because it was uh, September the 7th. This was already after Labor Day. So the fact that it was an all white party, you know, that that was supposed to be, I guess, a hint there. Um, Mary J. Blige was, I think, in Louisiana or is in Louisiana filming uh, Mississippi. She's somewhere in the South filming a movie right now so she wouldn't have been in the Hamptons anyway but she eventually came out and said you know it's not true I've been working on this movie but it was just very entertaining to me how quickly that rumor spread with again little to no proof so it proves the point that we really don't need it we just have to hear the gossip and then we'll take it and run with it yeah so lord have mercy I really don't even want to discuss this too much anymore this next topic but we'll it, it was the news so we'll, we'll go there. Um, this past week, again, it was Friday night in New York. Um, there was a quote unquote fight 
at a fashion week between uh, rappers Nicki Minaj and Cardi B. Um, there was all this talk again, you know what I'm saying, saying there was a fight there and then different videos came up. Well, no, before the videos came up, it was saying it was said that Cardi B walked over to Nicki Minaj's table and tried to, you know, what I'm saying say something crazy to her. And then they got into a fight that way. Or it was it was a, a lot of hearsay rumors, different things at first. But then finally, different um, clips from people's phones were released and we saw different angles. Um, and at this and so basically what is I guess is confirmed at this point is that uh, Cardi B tried to fight Nicki Minaj. She threw I think it was both shoes. I only see one in the video, but I do believe she threw both shoes at her. Um, security had to escort her out while she was fighting with tussling with whatever security one of them elbowed her kind of trying to get her out and so that's why she has a big knot on her forehead whatever um cardi b claims that Nicki minaj um i don't know like they've tried to make up or get along several times it didn't work but now Nicki minaj is talking about her daughter culture so now it's time for them to fight um Nicki minaj claims she never did that um, she didn't try to stop any money. She never talked about her child. Cardi B should be focusing on other things, like her husband who's cheating on her. Who um, they just exhaust me. So okay, so um, I believe that everybody involved is an adult, and as adults, you should know how to handle conflicts without putting your hands on others. You should be able to talk things out. You should be able to agree to disagree and agree to disagree can mean, you know what I'm saying? We're still going to be cool, but we don't agree on this thing or it can mean that, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't fuck with you anymore. So I'm not going to be around you and that's fine. It, it, I think that there's a level of maturity that both women are lacking, at least on that ends to be able to talk things out. I say all that to then say, some people, and I'm not saying, saying necessarily them, this is more so a, a general thing. Some people really don't understand your point of view or don't understand how to leave you alone until you pop them in the mouth. Now, I'm not saying that's what you have to do. I'm just saying that that's how some people, their brain does not, does not fully click that you are not someone to be messed with until you reach out and you touch them. So... If that was what maybe they felt they needed to do, I guess. I don't know. I don't know who's telling the truth, who's lying. I feel like they're both giving us pieces of the story to try to make us understand. I don't know. Um, also, I don't like, and um, this seems to be more so Nicki Minaj fans, not necessarily her. Um, I don't like people who, t who do th something to you and then they get mad at how you react to them. Like, you can't do something wrong to me, but then when I, and then be upset or confused, or you can't tell me how to react when you've, when you've wronged me, or if I feel like I'm wronged, then you can't say, oh, well, no, that's not what I did, or whatever, or people who, who poke and prod, and who will do something consistently to bother you, and maybe a level two or a level three, and they do it again, they do it repeatedly, and do it over and over, because those people, to me, are a bit more manipulative and a bit more conniving than others because they do that. But then when you meet them at, when, when you finally respond to all of their, their poking and their prodding, that they've been doing a level two or a three, you come back at a level seven or level eight, then it's all of a sudden, why did you do this? Why are you doing this to me? Whatever I did to you, it didn't need to match. I mean, that didn't match, you know what I'm saying? The level that I gave you, that didn't, 
It wasn't supposed to get that response. Or how can you do this to me? And then they want to play victim. And it's like, well, no, you started it. So you can't do something to me, but then tell you how I'm supposed to respond or to react to you. If everybody just leaves each other the fuck alone, then we'll be fine. Because that really, it, um, it really reminds me, and not necessarily Nikki and Cardi, because I don't know, again, what happened, who's telling the truth, whatever. But it really reminds me of, like, on Housewives of Atlanta, Kenya and Portia. I feel like Kenya has been very, very... I'm guilty of doing that, like poke the bear, poke the bear, poke the bear. But then Portia, who goes from zero to 100, goes up to 100. And then it's like, oh, my gosh, why did you do that? Why did you do that to me? Well, you can't do something to me and then get mad when I finally come back at you. That's not how life works. So, again, if we leave each other the fuck alone, then it'll all be fine. And it's but I was saying, though, that it, it seems like Nikki's fans seem to be very, very guilty of that. They seem to be some of the shadiest, some of the caddiest, not all. Of course, this is a general blanket statement, but especially in light of what was going on. And I'm not saying Cardi's fans are any better, but Nikki's fans, to me, seem to be more more like I'm going to be shady and catty and talk about you, do this, that and the third. But then when you try to meet them with a, a, a physical response, it's, oh, my gosh, what are you doing? Now you're ghetto. Now you're hood or now we can't do this or now we just need to talk this out or it's not even that deep or, well, but why did you you can't do all of these other things to me that's just um how i feel so clearly i don't think the two of them probably making up anytime soon if ever i do wonder how much um social media and again like the fan stands whatever have played a part in and not necessarily creating this beef but in in adding to the tension or in encouraging the tension it's very um interesting because not even the people who are maybe around them who might be whispering in the ear or yes men women whatever but i know because i know the fans have been really wanting or or inciting or saying whatever that there's an issue that there's be for the longest time and it seemed like they had made up months ago clearly they're not on good terms now but i just wonder how much of online foolishness encourages that um so yeah i guess in closing everybody keep your hands to yourself everybody watch what you say because you don't know who's going to you know i say keep your hands to yourself and then i say you might get popped i mean it is what it is i guess i don't know moving on because i really don't care anymore it's so funny because this happened on friday and i if you follow me on twitter or even on instagram you'll see um I, i retweet things and i'll laugh along and i'll joke or whatever but it, it bothers me when the conversation goes on and on and on and on and on and we get nowhere or we get to know. No, it's like, okay, it's like they fight on Friday and, and it was Friday night. So, of course, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be online or whatever, everywhere, you know, Saturday. And then I guess, you know, if different shows or whatever have to have to wait till Monday to discuss it, that's fine. But I feel like if nothing new is added to the story or there's no resolution or there's no no continuing maybe online bickering or whatever else, I don't get... I just I don't I don't care. I I think that it sucks that there's this major beef between um two women rappers when there aren't that many um women rappers who are who are famous. I feel like there aren't enough of them for them to even have this kind of a beef. Um I do think that Cardi does need to learn some maturity. Um I do think that Nicki has been um, and I don't know if it's an insecurity. I don't know if it's she's if it's the way she's being painted. I do think there are a lot of people who are kind of against Nikki now, and that's she makes it. 
hard at times to be likable. Not saying she has to be likable, but I think she makes it easier for people to not like her. Um, but I do wonder how much of her being in the industry for so long or being at the height of her, you know what I'm saying, career or whatever for so long, like the only female rapper, how much of that has contributed to again insecurity if it's like, okay, now somebody's trying to come and take my spot, or now I have to work a little bit harder, now I have to act out. I don't know. And I don't think that they even have to be competitors because if there's only one, there's room, of course, for others. There are like 10,000 male rappers, so why can't there be at least five women? Because it's really not even that many who are, you know what I'm saying, who are even doing anything. I can think of maybe, at least maybe this year in the conversation, at least in the large conversation, have been Nikki, Cardi, I guess City Girls. Um, I don't, I feel like I'm forgetting somebody really big and I feel bad now, but it, there aren't many at all. So I don't see why. It, I just don't understand all this foolishness carrying on because it's not, it, it's not that deep to me, whatever, but I'm not involved, whatever. Um, yeah, I said in conclusion that I continue talking. So yeah, there was that. So finally, um, on Sunday night, Insecure came on television and, um, it was an episode I won't necessarily give too many spoilers. If you you should have seen the episode by now. Today is when I'm recording. It's Tuesday, Wednesday. What's today? Today's Tuesday. It came out Sunday night. You guys listened to this Thursday. You should have seen it by now. Um, it was an episode where the woman went to Coachella. They got super high. You know, what I'm saying they did some high things. They enjoyed themselves. It was a lot of fun. The episode goes on and on and on. And at the very end of the episode, my nigga. Lawrence Hive. Lawrence returned. And I was very, 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 extremely, extremely, extremely highly, 1,000% excited to see him again because I am Lawrence Hive. I'm Team Lawrence all day, every day, 1,000%. Um, so I was happy he's back. Again, I always have to throw that out. I'm only Lawrence Hive because Issa cheated. It's nothing else. Do anything in season two. None of his behavior in season one is solely because she cheated. If he would have cheated, I'd be Team Issa. Whatever. But I'm happy he's back. I felt like um, he was a very important character to me, at least in season two, that was missing. I know the show is supposed to be about just Issa and Molly mainly in their lives. But I felt like he had a large part um, in season two. So I was happy to see him return. Um, And next week looks like it's going to be pretty Lawrence-centric. So I'm not mad about that at all. But a lot of people online were upset. Um, a lot of people were like, why is he back? What are we doing with him? Of course, as she's trying to move on with her life, the ex returns. Um, I really don't get the hatred for Lawrence. And I'm not really, I guess, trying to understand it because I don't care. Um, but it was very interesting. Uh, I guess just so many people are upset that he's back. But also it was interesting because I feel like when they were doing the press or whatever, they made it seem like Lawrence was never returning. I remember Issa saying, you know, do you still keep in touch with your exes or whatever? And I was just confused when he showed back because I was like, they made it seem like he would not be back. Or if he was ever back, it would be like seasons down the road. And so Jay Ellis went, I think it was Good Morning America. He was on and he was talking about it. And he was saying, well, to Issa's defense, she said they were taking a break from Lawrence. And so a break could have been, you know, interpreted as, I guess they could have interpreted as, you know, an episode, two episodes, a whole season, three seasons, whatever. Some people, I guess, just took it to be longer than what they intended for it to be. So, okay, I'm not mad at that. I do think, too, um, this show, which I've discussed on here before, um, it uh, at least in that way, I'm not mad. 
if you say a break, then it's going to come back. Then he's back now. I, I can understand that. I can accept that again because I like Lawrence. So it's, it's easy for me to do. But um, the, the way the show, I guess, maybe plays with, I guess, quote unquote, conventional ways of storytelling or conventional ways of TV. Um, like the season has been a bit slower, even though the season is still really short. Or um, the way, you know, the show, quote unquote, got rid of a lead character to bring him back towards the end of the season. Or the way, um, you know, we kind of focus solely on Issa for an episode or different things. And so I think that, and even all of those things I do enjoy, I think because the seasons are so short is why at least bothers me so much because I feel like it doesn't give us enough room to play and to breathe and to really explore and experiment with these different ways of storytelling. Creatively, it's absolutely great. It just really bothers me as a fan because I want them to do those things, but also still give me enough, maybe quote unquote story or enough screen time to these particular characters and not just Lawrence, but also I feel like we rarely, if ever see Kelly and Tiffany, um, because this and even in this episode, um, it was episode, I think six question mark. I don't know, but there was a, um, a particular scene with uh, Tiffany where she's, you know, I'm saying kind of not necessarily breaking down, but she has a very vulnerable moment. And to me, it kind of felt a bit shallow. Maybe is the right word. I don't know. I didn't quite fully, I wasn't fully invested in it because I feel like we haven't seen enough of Tiffany for me to care about this vulnerable moment. Not diminishing what she's feeling because it again is a very real storyline and i'm happy they're exploring it i just wish we would have seen more of tiffany before now for this moment to mean more at least to me um and so yeah so lawrence is back so you haters can just deal with it now i'm playing um but also um something that came up again um in this episode um Oh, I guess it's a spoiler at this point. It's fine. mm, No, I won't spoil it if you haven't seen it. In this episode, um, two characters have sex um, while they're at the festival. And so the conversation came up again. It was like, oh, my gosh, where are the condoms? I never see these characters wear condoms. You know, Issa said that this season we will see them with condoms. We haven't seen them with condoms yet. What's really going on? Why does she lie to us? And I've never seen them wear condom yet on this show and on and on and on. And I, it, uh, I'm really mad. This conversation is coming up again. One, I think where they were, where they were, given the particular, particular um, circumstances of them having sex there at the festival, I don't think that they would be able to put on a condom, bring a condom, have a condom, use a condom, do whatever. That's one. Two, um, insecure is not meant to be a sexual education. Um, television. This is not Doctor Sue or whatever that lady's name was used to come on late at night on TV. If you want to be sexually educated, you all are adults. The same way you stream or you watch HBO, you can go look and you can read um, online a bunch of different things. Or you can make your own sexual education videos. Or you can write your own shit. I don't... Also, too, this is very funny because the STD, STD rates are rising. And y'all talking about where the condoms were insecure. Where are the condoms in your own lives? And I'm not judging at all because I feel like... Just real quick, I'm not judging. I feel like in real life... We all have quote unquote slip ups or some people really just don't use condoms or don't use condoms that often or with everybody or whatever. And that's fine. That's completely their business. That's their life. They don't whatever. I've, I've, to me, I feel like safe sex is having a conversation about saying your boundaries and your limits. Safe sex to me does not always mean a condom. Now, to other people, it does. That's fine. But I don't get why insecure gets so much flack and 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 so much hatred about them not using or showing condoms when 
literally I, no other show really does it either. I don't understand why this is such a big issue now. I don't know if it's because in 2018 we're super sensitive, super, you know what I'm saying, like hyper sensitive. I don't know if it's because we want the show to be everything to everybody. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I've always kind of in my mind on television, I've assumed they use a condom most times unless there literally are times where you can't, again, like at the festival where we see the start, the finish, the end. So clearly we, we didn't see anybody put on a condom. Or we are, um, I think it's a season two episode where she and Lawrence have sex like on the couch. So clearly there was no time for them to put on a condom in the circumstances like that. But in my mind, if we're like coming in the middle of it or at the end of it or whatever, then there was. But even if there wasn't, they're grown and they don't have to use them. I think because I mean, even them not using them is true to life for some people. So I don't get all the confusion and all the backlash or whatever about that. But yeah. So that uh, was the culture of niggas, aka the culture of pop this week. Um, yeah, I hope I didn't leave nothing out. There was some sports stuff that happened, but I don't really watch sports, so I don't want to give you all the wrong information. So you guys feel free to look that up on your own. I love you, though, Misfits. Um, again, um, Tuesday's episode of The Healing Space was a decade of stories. So it was the 10th anniversary of Storytellers. Um, again, make sure that you've listened to it if you haven't already. Um, if Storytellers was an event you were a part of that you, you know what I'm saying, that you ever went to, again, you can listen to it and you can reminisce. If you never went to Storytellers, but you've only heard Raven talk about it or only seen videos of it um, online, then you can listen to the episode and get a better understanding of it. Or, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm weird like that. I, I like um, seeing other people celebrate anniversaries of, of different things. Like I'll watch, um, for example, Knott's Landing, I think, which ended in like 2000. I mean, not 2000, Lord, like 92, maybe. I was born in 92. But I remember they did like a reunion special episode or whatever. And I watched it just like I, I don't know. I'm weird. I like to see people come back together and reminisce and do different things. So if you're like me in that regard, um, and you haven't already listened to Tuesday's episode, make sure you do. As always, make sure that you're liking, subscribing, sharing, tweeting, commenting, posting, reposting, reblogging, whatever, telling a friend to tell a friend to tell your mama. About the healing space, about our episodes, um, reach out to us, interact with us. Make sure you're using the hashtags Let's Get Healed, um, THS Podcast. Um, you can go find all the episodes at THSPodcast.com. You can find us on Instagram at uh, THS Podcast, on Twitter at underscore THS Podcast. We are on SoundCloud, Overcast, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. And again, of course, as always, THSPodcast.com. Uh, Raven is Scorpi Yogi across all social media platforms and that's all one word scorpiogi and i am just call me otis on twitter and on instagram and i want to thank you guys so much uh for listening for participating commiserating all of those things with me today um next week is the anniversary of the healing space september 22nd so we will be giving you guys seven that's right that is seven episodes next week an episode a day we're starting sunday september 16th going all the way through um, Saturday, September 22nd, which will be the official one year anniversary of the healing space. Ew, ew. So, yes. So, make sure that you listen. Check us out every day. Um, there'll be something special for you guys. So, I'm really excited about that. An episode today sounds like a lot of work, but it's fine. We're making it work. It's exciting to uh, um, have been on this journey for a year and been on this journey. People have enjoyed it. People have commented. People have, you know what I'm saying? Reached out to us. People have listened. Um, and even if nothing else, you have, have 
have learned, have thought about, have gained something, whatever you've gained, that you've gained something while you're listening. I definitely really do appreciate that. Um, What's I going to say? Um, so make sure yeah, you check us out. It's the episode of day next week. I lost my, lost my train of thought. Um, again, so thank you so much for listening. Um, I hope that you all have been healed today. Thank you. <laughs>